What's up, players? Welcome to episode 76 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is June 25th, 2021, and I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. Louis, I think this was the quickest uh, time frame, like the, the quickest turnaround from us getting together to start our call on Discord to the point where we're actually recording the podcast. So I like the efficiency. <laughs> I also... I also like that I'm used to listening to our podcast at like 1.25 speed or something like that, and I feel like I'm already listening to it at that speed live. So I, <laughs> yeah, I know we're on, we're on a time crunch here because of Dan's bitch ass. So uh, it's gonna be a shorter show, but it's okay because you know what? I'm hosting and I get to. I think I'm a more I'm better at hosting faster shows than Dan is. Just throwing that out there. I, I agree with you. I have a hard time because at the end of the day, like, I always want the quality of the show to be good. As in, as in like, if I think the, the discussion is going well and it's going interesting places, I have a really hard time, like, cutting it off. <laughs> I feel like you're a little bit better at that when you're hosting, but... Which is kind of crazy because I like longer shows and I like things to go mm -hmm. on, but, you know, I just sort of... I just sort of like naturally feel it out, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, as far as uh, one thing before we get onto like the actual show and before I get onto pleasantries is because I was so rushed, I didn't actually go get my controllers, but I got the new dual senses, both the black and the red dual sense. Oh, really? Yeah, that's they're, cool. They're like in the other room, so I can't show you, but I, I left them in the box, and I, I'm in this predicament where I want them to be like virgin controllers forever, so I don't want them to be used, <laughs> and so I left them in the box. I mean, now I'm in this predicament where. Like, I don't know what, what to do. So luckily, there are no multiplayer, like, PS5 games right now. Like, unless I play, like, a PS4 game like Towerfall. But generally mm -hmm. speaking, like, I'm in this position where I don't know if I ever want them to be used. Because, um, like, all four of my P DualShock 4s have some kind of wear and tear that's unique to them. And yeah. also, I noticed uh, that the DualSense, you know, how, like, it's got, like, uh, the haptic triggers or whatever. Like, the, the triggers that have the tension, mm -hmm. like, on the, like, Fortnite with, like, the bow and the guns and stuff. There's a different, like, yeah. haptic feedback is what they call it or something like that. Uh, adaptive triggers. Yeah, adaptive triggers. One of the things I notice is that when it comes to adapt uh, adaptive triggers is that the tension on the triggers gets worn out the more you use it. Mm. So there's also reports Makes of, sense. There's also reports of controller drift. I'm not experiencing it yet at all but I also don't play the PS5 as much as I want to. But my my concern is, is like, you know, when it comes to like, you know, wanting to experience like the next Call of Duty or the next Horizon with those adaptive triggers and stuff like that, by the time I get to those releases, it's not going to be like that, that fresh experience. And now right. if I break the seal on the, those other controllers, it's just going to get worn out too. <laughs> so, you know, I... I like to have two, con two like active controllers, uh, even playing by myself at all times, so that when one, if I'm mid game and one of them dies, I can switch to the other one. <laughs> you know, battery wise. Um, I actually, I've I've had it happen multiple times now that I play Fortnite a little more, Lewis, That uh, I've had my controller, my Xbox controller, die mid Fortnite match, and it's always like so stressful. I have to go and like switch to the other controller as soon as possible. But I've gotten pretty quick at it. I've gotten pretty good about doing it because it, it has happened at least like three or four times. Uh, well, that, when that happens mid Fortnite. But anyway. Mm. Okay. So that's my suggestion. Right. I would take one of them out of the box. <laughs> Probably the black one. I think the red one is, I don't know. I think like the black reminds me of the DualShock. So 
Uh, mm -hmm. One last thing, though, before we move on, uh, we had some quick housekeeping. So Dan, um, he guest starred on Ready Play Movies this week. So go check it out. Oh, and yeah. I'll, put a, I'll put a card up here on the top uh, right corner right over there. Uh, there's going to link you to the, the actual YouTube video. So Ready Play Movies or Ready Play Network is the YouTube channel. And uh, Ready Play Movies is the show where we're in it. And you get to see more of us hanging out and talking movies. Um, I think it was a pretty good show, too, by the way. I would say people should definitely go check it out. I uh, We had some technical issues at the end, but uh, the show up to that point, up to the point where we started having the technical issues, I feel like was really good. I feel like we had like really good energy, really good chemistry. Um, and also, you know, it was a pretty good show for me to be on because we got to talk a lot about Fast and Furious and stuff, which I'm pretty excited about. Can, it's a good time. It's amazing how many times, um, how many different segments we talked about Fast and the Furious, by the way. I know. Like multiple <laughs> segments throughout the show. And I'm like, it was topic of the show. It was a new release. It was impressions. And like, it, yeah, like it was news. It was it's, everything. It was every, yeah. t every segment. <laughs> uh, I bet Troy loved that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't talked to Troy about, about mm -hmm. the episode, so... Uh, I'll probably ask him later. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, go watch uh, go watch uh, Ready Play Movies. And for all you audio listeners, it'll be in the uh, show notes as well. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it as far as housekeeping. So we'll go ahead and, and, and get, get on to it. Let's go ahead and move on to topic of the show. It's time for topic of the show. So... For topic of the show, we're just basically picking up where we left off last week. Last week's episode was basically almost an entire topic of the show, and we didn't, and we ran out of time. Like, that's how mm -hmm. insane it was. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, tally up the points for who won the E3 prediction game that we did. So we have all the predictions, and Dan, I'm assuming that you're okay with me just throwing the dock up on screen, or do you want me to just leave it like, uh, like the way we are right now? Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's up to you. I was going to say that... Um, the comments that I added to the doc are not like a final like decision. It was more like I just wanted us to have a starting point. Okay. Uh, so I already put some thought into what I think each prediction should be worth. Okay. Um, but you know, let's let's go through it together and see if we agree with everything. And you know what? It might actually be better to not have the doc on screen and just keep it amongst us, okay. so that people don't get to see what the what the right. possible results are before you know okay. we don't spoil ourselves basically. All right, so we'll just stick with this uh, with this uh, talking head mm -hmm. uh, thing going on here. So no presentation for you guys for you um, for you video watchers. Uh, so let's go ahead and start off with uh, the Nintendo predictions because obviously that's where our cup of tea is. We had like I think we had like the most predictions on on that one on that front, mm -hmm. and we're gonna. We're gonna go ahead and uh, and see who wins. Uh, we'll see. We'll win by category, and we'll win by win by overall. All right. So, okay. Okay. All right. So for the first predictions, let's go over Dan's. Uh, you want to do them one by one, or do them like um, just? In, we can in alternate. Alternate. Okay. We, yeah. And do you want to read them all, or should maybe I read mine, you read yours, or something like that? You read yours. Go ahead and go first. Okay. So, yeah, I, I just want to give a quick disclaimer about this, too, is that I, I broke down my predictions into so many different, like, sentences uh, <laughs> that I feel like it worked in my advantage. But we'll see how you feel about that, Louis, because there's okay. a lot that, like, maybe people would see it as wrong. But I'm like, well, but I got that part of it right. So, <laughs> um, so my first prediction here is Nintendo will show only one new Smash character during the direct presentation. Louis will be disappointed at the character, and it will be from a Nintendo first-party game and slash or from a franchise already represented in Smash Brothers. 
In summary, it won't be an earth-shattering review. So now, you are only right, right about the part where it's only one new character. Because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I it's it's depending on if you're a Tekken fan or a fighting game fan, it's it is or isn't an earth-shattering reveal. Uh, mm-hmm. But you are definitely wrong about it being first party or a, or a franchise that's already represented it because Tekken. Well, technically Tekken is already represented in the Mii costumes, but as far as the fighting game roster goes, yeah, yeah no, I meant I meant the fighting roster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so from that perspective, completely wrong. I'm gonna give you point one point. <laughs> Let's see. Well, uh, how many predictions you made? Okay, Nintendo. One character. Lewis will be disappointed. Wrong. Uh, first party and or already represented. Wrong. Uh, Earth shattering. Eh, kind of wrong. I guess 0. 0.25. Okay. Right. That's kind of how I look at it. I was like, I feel like it's worth 0. 0.25 by the very easy part of the prediction, which is that they would only show one character. Despite the fact that some of the podcasts that I was listening to, people were predicting that they were going to drop two, two characters. Yeah. One in the beginning, one in the end. So we were both right in predicting that that was not going to be the case. Yeah, because that's what they did at E3 2019, where they, they dropped mm-hmm. two reveals. But at the time of the, the the battle pass, it was like the middle chunk. It wasn't the end. And this is the last two. So they're not going to like blow their find their load right here here at e3 just for a pop-off they want to do it twice to get double the pleasure (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so i'll go ahead and just throw mine out here um only one new character is being announced for smash and it's going to be crash bandicoot so i get 0.5 points for that one because i only made two predictions in that one prediction so there you go i'm already in the lead (laughs) true all right dan you're up um you know what? That was really quick, so why don't you give us another one of yours? Okay. Uh, we're going to get a Breath of the Wild 2 deep dive with the release window of Spring 2022. So this one's a little hard one because I don't think it was. I don't think I would consider what we got a deep dive. We did see a lot of footage with cool new mechanics like him like being going through a, a, a wall or whatever. But as far as like, you know, seeing like, oh yeah, here's the new runes or here's, you know, like a voiceover. Like I was expecting like a like a really long extended first look, you know, because I was assuming that the game was is closer to release and we were going to get like a like a big E3 blowout that we got for like Breath of the Wild 1 whenever it was mm-hmm. its big blowout turn. So I was expecting something along that line. And also the release window is an entire calendar year of 2022, which most people are already writing it off as holiday 2022. So yeah. spring 2022 isn't exactly outside of the realm of reason. Maybe they want to play fast and loose because they, they, they may internally want it to come out in spring, but they're not ready to commit to it. So I don't know. How do you, how do you want to score yeah. this one? So I was kind of being generous when I looked at it at first, and I was considering the deep dive as correct. But when you think about it, it's not, right? It's a teaser, it, yeah. They, they gave us, I feel like, here's the thing. It's like there there is enough material in there to where... Uh, the audience is going deep with it, right? Like, so there are um, like trailer breakdowns and stuff like that for like an hour to figure out, yeah, yeah, like all these things and create all these fan theories and etc. But as far as what Nintendo gave us, what was it like three minutes of of footage from the game or like two maybe? Yeah, yeah, it felt like two or three minutes. So, you know what? I I now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like this is a point five. A point five. I feel like. It's a point five because we got we got something, but it wasn't fully a deep dive, and we got twenty twenty two, but it wasn't spring, right? Right. Okay, so I look so, at like okay, yeah. half a point. All right, I can give you that one. That's fair. So yeah, let's do that. All right. 
Uh, I'm going to take over here with my next one. Uh, a new Donkey Kong game will be revealed, but it will not be just another sequel to Contra Returns or Tropical Freeze. This will be a more unique and new take on Donkey Kong, potentially with some open world elements, not necessarily a 3D platformer, but maybe a Metroidvania. I was really looking forward to seeing Donkey Kong, but we did not. Um, not at all. I still feel like this game is probably in development, you know, in some way, but, you know, this is, I guess this is a zero. Zero out of zero. Zero. Or zero out of zero. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's like calculus right there. You can't divide <laughs> by zero. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's zero out of one. <laughs> yeah, zero out of one. So yeah, that's just a, that's just a no go for me there. Okay. All right. I'll go ahead and and uh, kick things off with a Metroid Prime Four trailer with gameplay. Now, what's interesting is that we did get a Metroid game with gameplay. Just not Metroid Prime 4. Like, literally, it's like, oh, yeah, Metroid Prime 4 is totally in the works. Go, don't worry about it, you know? Just, mm-hmm. and, and on to other news, you know, it's like, that. what's, like, that's literally what they decided to do with that? Like, I'm so surprised that they don't have enough something far along to show, like, it's been in, like, it's been in restarted mm-hmm. development for, like, what, two years now? and Two and uh, a half. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just, actually... What's up? Two and a half years since they officially announced that it restarted development, right? Yeah. So, like, it could have potentially started a little bit before that. And then on top of that, I personally, and this is a me thing, I do not believe on the whole, like, we scrapped the whole thing, we started from zero. I feel like they must have had, like, the other studio had been working on that game for, like, three-ish years. They must have had something that Retro Studios could, you know, go, go off Assets, of, right? like 3D models, Something like, like whatever yeah whatever like there should have been something in there like some skeleton of a game with like some gameplay that was just not fun but that could they could build upon to like make fun make better whatever um so yeah i'm also surprised that we haven't seen this game yet despite the fact that i did predict that we wouldn't see it um in fact let me bring up mine here i said nintendo will still not show metroid prime 4 nor metroid prime trilogy on the switch disappointing fans of the franchise in fact there will be no mention of metroid at all during their e3 direct so i feel like two-thirds yeah like i i was right about there not being mp4 not being trilogy but we did see a new metroid game metroid dread which looks fantastic i'm so excited for it i think it looks really fun i like that it has like this very unique art style and everything um but no um I don't know, like nothing from Metroid Prime 4 still, you know? Um, so I don't know, how, how do you want to score, like how do you want to score yours first and then... Oh, mine, I was like... a big zero. I didn't. We didn't get a trailer nor gameplay at all. That's true. So zero. Yeah. Um, the, the fact, I, when it comes to yours, I'm willing to say two out of three. Like you got two thirds, like 0.67 because uh, you were right that they did not show Prime 4 and there was no mention of, no, no mention of Prime Trilogy. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are theorizing that Prime Trilogy has been done for a long time, but that they're just waiting for, um, they're just waiting for Prime 4 to be ready to show so that they can actually release Prime Trilogy, like, leading up to it. But I don't know, man, it feels like one of those things that that if Nintendo had ready, I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't just put it out. So I actually question the, the very existence of that game, because I think, I think people underrate the the work that it is to port a game over as well especially a game like gamecube slash wii series mm-hmm. like i don't i don't think it's as easy as people think um so i don't know interesting yeah okay all right so i think it's what is it my turn again yes yeah. uh, all right 
So I I uh, predicted that we're gonna get a new 3D Mario uh, like the new 3D Mario Odyssey sequel reveal that did not happen in the slightest at all. So that's zero. And then we only have your final one as well for Nintendo. Ah yes. Uh, actually, no. Don't you have another one? You have a Zelda 35th anniversary prediction. Oh, good point. Good point. I missed that. Just quickly on 3D Mario. I also expected that, despite the fact that I didn't predict it. Like, you know. Nintendo is sure kind of taking their sweet ass time with some of these games. Like, the, the last Mario, the last mainline Mario game we got was in 2017. That was four years ago. And yeah. we still have no idea what the next one is. Yeah, and um, like, what that's... is it? Um, in three months, it'll be October or yeah. something. And then it's going to be, uh, yeah, in three months, in just a little over yeah. three months, it's going to be a four year anniversary of Mario Odyssey. Yeah, so. so pretty crazy about that. And then Breath of the Wild 2 as well, like, by the time that game comes out, uh, Breath of the Wild 1 will be five years, at least. Yeah. yeah. Potentially more, you know? Yeah. So, um, kind of surprised by that. But If it hits know, holiday Nintendo... if it hits holiday 2022, it'll be five years from the DLC packs being completed. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, Nintendo can take their time. They don't, they don't need to rush. They're not, it's not like the Switch is not selling and stuff, but and I just, Breath I just think Wild it's kind of surprising. Breath of the Wild is still selling for $60, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, my final Nintendo prediction here was that to celebrate Zelda's 35th, Nintendo will not release a 3D game collection like people expect. Which I was right about that one. However, they will announce a digital-only, unexpected Zelda spinoff to be released within the next few months, something like Super Mario 35. And that was wrong. Half point. Yeah. I wish I had been more vague with that part <laughs> of the prediction, because had I been more vague... Um, then I, I could have maybe gotten a point from the... the Game & Watch. The Game & Watch, yeah. Because, like, I should have I left it as, like, but some Zelda spinoff thing will come out, right? That's like, not a spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a re-release. I could have said a re-release, like some form of a re-release, because that was expected, right? I wouldn't have expected it on the Game & Watch, but... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and my final prediction is Mario Kart 9 was going to be revealed completely, yep. like... I'm not, I am a little disappointed in that one because like other than Mario Kart, like uh live circuit or whatever, like the actual, like, you know, plastic toy hot wheel thing that they got going on. So the switch technically doesn't have a Mario Kart to call its own. It's just borrowing the Wii yeah. U's. So, and we got, and we got two new Mario parties in that time frame. by the way. I mean, <laughs> we got one new Mario party and then now we're getting another one, right? Cause Mario party came out in what? Like 2018, 19? I feel like um, I feel like that Mario Party game is still somewhat recent. Twenty eighteen, yeah, because the same year as uh, Smash. Yeah, same year as Smash Ultimate. So we're getting a sequel to the Mario Party game that came out more recently. Before we're getting the sequel to Mario Odyssey or Mario Kart or Zelda or any of those. To be fair, Mario Party is probably faster to make, but they yeah. got an engine, they got three D models already made, and they are literally mm-hmm. remaking N sixty four courses and boards and game and mini games so mm-hmm. yeah by the way i've been seeing a lot of like uh, reception on youtube about that game everyone's a lot more happier about it that's basically saying people i, I heard somebody I saw, somebody said that it's basically nintendo apologizing for the top 100 on the 3ds so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but anyways yeah so as far as uh like the nintendo section of things let me see here i got uh I'm going to get my little handy-dandy calculator out here. <laughs> All right, because I can't do fractions. All right, so 0. 0.75 plus 0. 0.67. Dan, you have 1.42 points okay. out of, out of uh, four predictions. Out of four yes. points. 
<laughs> Damn, that, I must that's be... Per, that, you, that's not too bad, though. Let's get yeah. to yours. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, math it up here. So I got one point. Yep. <laughs> Out of five, by the way. Yep. I did five predictions, <laughs> so I'm already sell screwed right now. That's usually how those things go, unless you go, like, super obvious with it, you know? I was, uh, I was being more hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was... You know, me being negative about this E3 and having my expectations set really low actually paid off <laughs> in winning the predictions game. All right, so I only did five more predictions for Xbox, and you did three. Uh, so we'll go ahead and hit up Xbox. Dan, actually, no, what? I'm gonna go first since I have more. I have more Xbox predictions here. That's good. Uh, so my, oh my god, I did so terrible. Uh, Microsoft. <laughs> my first prediction was Microsoft will announce a new acquisition, likely an A-tier acquisition, kind of hype, but not really um, S-tier acquisitions being along the lines of what Sega and Gearbox would be like S-tier. So I said something that's just that one level down below hype. Um, yeah, they did not announce any new acquisitions at E3 like they yeah. did what last year's presentation or even the year before that at like the actual e3 2019 i was expecting them to get onto that little like virtual stage or like whatever where that that set that they were standing in is welcome you know this company to the xbox family you know i was genuinely expecting that i feel like that would have been a good time to like you know tote someone out like they do at their yeah. other shows um yeah i don't know hmm uh, do you think that this might signify that maybe microsoft is not going to cool off with their acquisitions um, I, I actually, I don't think so. I mean, they're going to cool off compared to buying like Bethesda and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to do more acquisitions of that level, but I think they're going to continue to doing smaller acquisitions akin to like Double Fine or Ninja Theory or something. Um, however, I feel like there may be, they really wanted their E3 conference to be focused on games, like game trailers. Um, like when you think about it, it's, I, I keep thinking about the Microsoft conference actually, because I feel like from a live press conference format i feel like they pretty much had a perfect like format of conference like content aside because that's more like that's hit or miss depending on what you're into but as far as the format and the pacing and stuff like that i feel like they had a pretty damn near perfect conference and i feel like it was very focused on games it didn't linger too long on almost anything you know some may argue maybe stalker two a little like it could be like one or two minutes shorter maybe forza could have been one or two minutes shorter but that's about it and also if you think about who was on that stage like the amount of people that we saw on the microsoft stage we only saw like four people and those people were um todd howard was the first one then we got Pete Hines. Then Bonnie we got Ross. Bonnie Ross, and then with with the other guy, I forgot his name, but he's like the creative director for Halo, the one they brought back. And then Phil Spencer at the end. So it's like they're not wasting our time, you know, bringing in like um, you know like random people to do like what feels like ads or whatever, you know, like or going too long on these games that the majority of the audience doesn't care about. They were very much to the point, and the people that they had to showcase the brand were like the top tier people at microsoft and bethesda you know what i mean um so i thought that was really cool from a, analyzing the conference format right i don't know why i went on this tangent i don't think it's related <laughs> to what we're talking about but um but as far as like you know like bringing somebody up onto the stage they weren't going to waste your time that's probably maybe that's yes, the reason why yeah. they as far as pacing goes maybe that's not the time to uh talk about like bringing on an acquisition because it's no different than like Sony like announcing a Kickstarter for like Shenmue Three because it's all exactly it is is a, all it is is a promise you know like right. and I think they were want to show something more substance 
than a promise. Yeah, I feel like they were, they were trying to stay away from that, despite the fact that we did get plenty of, like, you know, cinematic trailers and things that people <laughs> didn't like. But I do feel like they were intentionally trying to stay away from this idea of, like, oh, we don't have any games to show, so, hey, we bought a studio, you know? I feel like they wanted it, they really wanted it to be more like game, 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 game. Here's Speed Heinz, then game, 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 game. Here's Bonnie Ross, game, game, game. It felt like a pretty good pace uh, with that stuff, so. All right, so um, that's a zero for me. Dan, you're up. Yeah, so let me say, let me take this one. During the Xbox conference, we'll see Halo Infinite gameplay for at least 10 minutes. It will look significantly better than it did last time, and we'll get a release date in November 2021. Point now, zero. I'm sorry, point three, three, three. There you go, one third. So let's see. Um, we'll see Halo Infinite gameplay for at least 10 minutes. So I was wrong about that because we actually only saw like... One minute. Like we saw... <laughs> <laughs> like a cinematic trailer and like one minute of gameplay from the um the multiplayer stuff which yes. weirdly enough they did another thing later where they showed more like a little bit more of a deep dive on the multiplayer but that was not part of the Xbox conference um so I don't I don't count that um then I said uh it will look significantly better than it did last time I think that's arguable like I saw people say it looks so much better but personally like I feel like I don't. I don't really see it. Like to me, it still looks like the same game, and I. I don't say that negatively because I didn't hate on the first showing either. I feel like we saw some campaign. Now we saw some multiplayer. You can't even really compare, right? Like, we saw different things. So I'm not sure about that. Uh, and then the release date. We did not get a release date. Uh, but it's still set for 21. So I think your third giving me a third there is even like generous. generous actually, yeah. I think that um, the part that you got right, right was that it will look significantly better than it did last time. Okay. Like there was that part where they did like the can the sweeping like mountain shot or whatever, and just you could see way more like detail that was going on than that initial mm -hmm. like gameplay reveal. So I figured I figured like as far as like the way it's coming along, it does show more polish, which is why I was saying okay, I'm a little like not say impressed, but like I'm satisfied. So yeah, like, you know, yeah, I'll take it. So. Yeah, I think the the release date is still holiday 2021. There's no concrete hard release date. Uh, we just saw quick, you know, quick uh, trailers. Um, okay, so I'll go ahead and move on to my Halo prediction. Is that we were gonna get re-reveals and deep dives of both Halo and Hellblade with hard release dates on both of them. Damn. <laughs> and none of that happened. Like, well, yeah. I don't think I don't consider what we got from Halo to be a deep dive. Um, I don't either. Um, and I also, we had no mention of Hellblade. And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I could say that I did, we did get a re-reveal of Halo, which is kind of like a stretch to say. The thing I wanted to mention here is that, number one, this prediction was so safe that it's crazy to think that you didn't get it right, right? <laughs> like, Hellblade 2 was literally the first Xbox Series X game that we saw. It was the first one that decided to, uh, to show and focus on when they announced the console, right? Yeah. Now... And then we we would have also it was obvious that we we're gonna get a date for Halo Infinite, which all we all thought, but that didn't happen either. Now the interesting thing is that Xbox did this thing called the the Xbox Conference Extended, and they released it. It happened about a week after the Xbox Conference, which it, that one is like does a little bit more of the things that you could that you think they probably cut. It's basically it looks like what they what got cut out from the main conference. So they talk about the new um, like the 
Xbox controller design lab coming back. You can design your own Xbox controllers and stuff. Uh, they they go into a little bit more detail about some of the smaller titles, like updates coming to Grounded and stuff like that. You got some a little bit of some developer interviews there. Uh, it's it's an interesting watch. I didn't watch all of it. I kind of scrubbed through it. Um, but in, and in that one, in that one, they talked about Hellblade two. However. They didn't, it wasn't like, hey, like, here's gameplay for Hellblade 2 or whatever, because if they had that, it would have been part of the main show. It was more like, it felt like old school E3 when they're showing like, oh, look at the developer team working on it. And like the development team comes in, they show some concept art and they talk about it, like their ideas for it. You know, I think they talked about, I can't remember right now, but I think they talked about like traveling somewhere so they could they could look at these environments and then know how they want to set it up in the game and etc which actually led me to believe lewis i think that game is farther along like farther, farther out away yeah than than Damn. we think yeah uh it, it actually we might actually i mean we, i assume we'll see it at next year's e3 but that might be like a 2023 game yeah god damn those bastards <laughs> yeah i know um, right yeah, they were like, here is a trailer for Hellblade 2. Was, or, yeah, Hellblade 2, and this is all in-engine. And you're starting to think, oh, my God, they're, they're, they're yep. things like they're farther along. You know, they made you believe that this is going to be like a damn near close to launch title kind of thing. And I have a theory about that game, by the way. I think, I think Xbox will give them a lot of time because I think Xbox wants that game to be like the, the Sony game that mm. they have. You know, like because... Sony makes all these games that we talk about all the time, like Last of Us Uncharted, like narrative driven, uh, third person, over the shoulder, like emotional, like like action adventure. Um, and I think that they want Ninja Theory to become that studio because I do think they have that potential. They have not gotten there yet, but they have that potential to be that studio. So I feel like Hellblade 2 is going to take a while because of how much they want to like... Can you imagine... Want, they, can you imagine Ninja Theory being like Xbox's Naughty Dog? <laughs> I think I think I think they're gonna try to push for something kind of like that, you know. Um, but we'll see. My yeah. next Microsoft prediction here. Wait, wait, was wait, wait, that... wait! Before, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Do we gotta settle this? Is this zero or is this? Are you gonna give me point decimal on this one? All right. You know what? I'll, I I'm okay with giving you like a point twenty five. Okay. Thank Thank you. Thank you. That's very generous. <laughs> <laughs> For the fact that we did hear about Hellblade in the extended conference and that we did get 2021 for Halo Infinite and we saw some of it. I'm, I'm being generous and giving okay. you 20.25. Right, um, cool. So my next one here, and, and, and this is where, you know, I rule and everything. In Microsoft <laughs> show, Todd Howard will introduce the full gameplay review of Starfield, which will get a release window at the end of its trailer set for 2022. I think that's the point. I think that's a full point right there. I even called that Todd Howard would be the one to introduce it. <laughs> uh, now the question that, becomes: Was that gameplay? Was it gameplay? Yes, we got to find out. The question is: Was it gameplay? Because I'm not certain. Because I I, I kind of interpret it as gameplay, but I feel like it it was in engine like what do they call it? Like in engine footage, right, or something along those. It was in engine. Yeah, but. It wasn't, as far as I can remember, it wasn't like, I'm playing the game, you know, I got my, you know, the HUD and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to get at. Point uh, seventy five, maybe? At the end of, okay. Yeah, let's go with point seventy five. All right. Especially I'll because it. because it, you predicted a release window and not a concrete release date. So, that's point seventy five. All right. All right. 
my next prediction is going to be, uh, let's see, a major third-party game deal is signed and revealed to be coming to Game Pass day one, such as uh, Battlefield or this year's Call of Duty. So, yeah, I was expecting them to be like, suck it, PlayStation. We nabbed this third-party contract and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, there was nothing of that sort. They showed this year's uh, uh, Battlefield, but it's one of the only two games that they showed off that's not Game Pass day one, which is crazy because everything about that, everything about that E3 presentation was about Game Pass day one. So they decided to, you know, show off Battlefield, you know, because. Um, Yeah, so... That's a little disappointing because I really was expecting them to be like, suck it, you know? Okay, I, I kind of want to go through this real quick. Like, the, the third-party games that they showed during that conference that are Game Pass uh-huh. games, right? Uh, we got, obviously, all the Bethesda stuff, which that's that's not, that's first-party now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Yakuza, Yakuza Like a Dragon, that was a, that was a third-party game um, that was getting added to Game Pass, which you thought was already there, but wasn't. It was, like, the only one that wasn't there. Okay. Um, then coming up, we got Back for Blood. Back for Blood, day one Game Pass. Wait, is that also uh, coming to PlayStation 5 at the same time? Like, because when I, when I made this I would prediction, assume so. When I made this prediction, I made this prediction on a, on the idea that this was something that's going to be, like, coming to multiplat, and that this is day mm-hmm. one, and then that PlayStation owners have to buy it. Whereas Xbox people who already subscribed to Game Pass just download it. Like, I was expecting an announcement of that type of... That was my idea for this uh, prediction. Okay. So do you think if Back for Blood is 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 uh, coming to the consoles at the same time, but it's day one Game Pass, would, would that count? Do you think that would count? Uh, I would say half a point because... I, I would say, yeah, half a point because... What I was expecting is something like S tier as far as hype inducing, as far as an established yeah. franchise. Like that's why I like I like shouted out like like imagine if this year's Assassin's Creed was day one Game yeah. Pass or something like that. Like I was except, expecting like a, an established franchise that people would like you know Twitter about. In my opinion, yeah. And I don't think people are going to go can... to Twitter for Back for Blood. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I feel like there there were two that were pretty exciting. I was just looking at it to confirm. So Back for Blood is in fact coming to both platforms, but it will be on Game Pass Day One on Xbox, and then Hades, which is already out on other platforms, uh, but it comes out to PS4, PS5, and Xbox together, and it will be on Game Pass on the Xbox side. So I feel like both of those, uh, maybe Stalker too, like all of those are like. They are pretty good Game Pass acquisitions over other platforms. Uh, so I kind of count them. But I agree with you that they're not the kind of like quadruple A show stealer, uh, you know, grab that you expected. So I think half a point is fair. Okay. Yeah. As far yeah. as uh, as far as far uh, Hades goes, I think it's right now it's only exclu- exclusive to Switch and PC, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, half a point. I guess that's a steal for me. <laughs> Uh, you're, uh, you know what? I'll go, I'll go again just because I have more Xbox predictions here. Uh, I predicted that Starfield, uh, gameplay with holiday 2022 release window. Now that's, that's accurate as hell, because if we're going to give us uh, the point for gameplay, which we did for you, uh, I said holiday 2022, which ended up being November, uh, 11th, which I think is my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to say like, is my birthday November 11th? Uh, yeah, so 11 11 22, which is like 11 11 11, like a 10 year anniversary for Skyrim. Or no, 11 year anniversary for Skyrim. Okay, so I'm tempted not to argue this out of kindness, but we you did not accept it as a gameplay for me, because otherwise I would have gotten a full point. Isn't that right? No, I mean, I said that you said release window. 
I, but you also said release window. <laughs> look at your look at read your read your uh, read your prediction. You said with a holiday twenty twenty two release window. Ah fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not saying you can't get a full point. You, pro- you I, I'm okay with you getting a full point. I'm just saying if you get a full point, then I should probably get a full point too. Hmm. Well, or would both get seventy five? Yeah, if we both get seventy five, it's still yeah. it's a wash basically. Yeah, I know. for both of us. They're, 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 yeah. they're whatever one gets, the other gets. So I'm just trying to be fair here. All right, 0.75 it is. All right. All right. Um, you're up. My final one was Microsoft will continue to announce partnerships and studio acquisitions. And this year, there will be a focus on Japan with games for Japanese studios coming to Xbox Game Pass and a potential purchase of a Japanese developer. So that was pretty much all wrong. However, they did show... Wait. However, they did show this one game... Which is apparently a big deal for the weebs out there, which is the Ayuden Chronicles 100 Euros, you know, which is a Japanese game, Japanese developed, and it will be Xbox exclusive, Game Pass, all that stuff. So I think the fact that there was, they showed that game should give me something, at least something here. 0.25. All right, I'll take it. As from the spirit, from the spirit of the actual prediction, though, it's definitely wrong because you were talking about a focus on Japan, uh, Japan studios and all that stuff. There was no acquisition. There was no partnership. And also, Ayuden Chronicles isn't coming to, like, what, 2023? So it's like... Yes. <laughs> but here's the other thing, too, though. Um, Yakuza. Oh, yeah. There was there was, yeah, there was some right. talk about Yakuza as well, which is sick. All right. Yeah. So I'll take my 25. I'm not going to push for more because I agree with you. Like, what I was thinking is, like, I was thinking Phil Spencer coming in and being like, so, you know... We we got our Western RPGs right, and we've we you know that we haven't been present in Japan that strongly or something along those lines. Like you know we know we have a lot of fans of Japanese games and etc. Here's what we got for you, and then it was gonna be a thing. Like hey, we're buy like either like we're buying Sega or something crazy, or like you know every Sega game moving forward will be Game Pass Day <laughs> One. You know like something like that. Yeah. Like or some something to kind of counteract. Sony's relationship with Square Enix. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, And my final prediction for Xbox was that 12 minutes gets showcased and gets a hard release date. So I was 100% right. We was like, yes, let's cut to let's cut to 12 minutes for like a good minute. Let's show James McAvoy's names on screen and Willem Dafoe's name on screen. (laughs) And let's put an August release date, an actual day day uh, with, you know, Game Pass day one and all that stuff. So Yes, I'm excited for the game, and I am 100% right, and to be fair to me, nobody was talking about 12 minutes going into E3, so fuck you. (laughs) I thought it was, you know, I I had a different take on this, because I thought that was your easiest prediction that you did. Like, even when you said it, I was like, that's obvious, like, in my head, Uh. because... I that I that game has been on my radar for a while. I keep waiting for it. I feel like we see it on every show too, but I could be wrong. But I, I feel like we've seen it multiple times. So I was like, yeah, about time we get a release date. So that's why I even did like my my other prediction, the your unofficial side, prediction, yeah. which didn't happen. Yeah, uh, I, like I loved your side prediction, now, but, but yeah, you would have won yeah. automatically if it was like day <laughs> and it's out right now. I'm like, fuck. When twelve minutes came up, I was really, I was like, oh man, come on, come on, come I was on. Too. To I, I was too. It's like trying to hit the lotto and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I'm not gonna take it away from you because I also did not see anybody else predict that. But when you, my point is, when you predicted it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I didn't think it was like 
Let me just put it to you this um, way. The IGNs of the world wasn't talking about 12 minutes in their prediction yes. specials. Yeah, so. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I was saying like, you know, hey, this is under the radar. You know what I mean? This is like, a yeah. So uh, I'll go ahead and uh, tally up the points here. So I got... <clears throat> out of all of my Xbox predictions, I got 2.5 points. And mm-hmm. out of uh, your predictions for Xbox, you got 1.33 points. Yes. So you, I guess you won the section. However, yeah. you did do more, more, two yeah. more predictions than I did here. Yeah. So you have uh, the ability to steal the, the win here based off of your other predictions because I don't have any other category. So these next three yeah. are all you. Okay, so let's let's try to do this quick. Um, so first, I said PlayStation will have no meaningful presence at all during E3 proper, though they'll have a state of play happening between July and September, which will be featured as part of Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. We actually don't know about any of this yet, so I feel like I can't get a point for this one way or the other. Um, there's rumors that there's going to be a, a PlayStation state of play later, uh, supposed to be later, like next week or whatever is what I heard. Yes, but next week is July, so that actually validates it, um, <laughs> and and I would get a point in that case, a retroactive point perhaps. But for now, I'm okay with just dropping this. Like, okay, I guess they did not have a presence during E3 proper, is what I said, but they did. There was Death Stranding. You know, we did see Death Stranding there, so I guess that counts as something. Um, that was the Death Stranding thing happened even before we did the predictions, though. I'll give you half next a point. One. I'll give you half a point just because of the meaningful presence part. Okay. The next one, I said the Square Enix event will dedicate a meaningful amount of time to talk about improvements coming to Marvel's Avengers, including details on the Wakanda expansion. A new hero slash expansion will be revealed, focusing on Scarlet Witch or Doctor Strange. So my get hype Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange thing did not happen at all. They actually didn't show a new expansion at all. Um, but they did talk about Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So so I guess that's also a point five there. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I'll go ahead and yeah. give you half a point on that one. When we were premiering our episode on YouTube, there was somebody in the chat. I feel like it was probably one of the folks from Level 1 Gaming. I don't remember. Um, but they said, you know, there's no way Square Enix even talks about Avengers or something <laughs> yeah, along those I, lines. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that comment. And I was just like, you are dead wrong. They're still making that game. They're still working on it. They're going to they're gonna try. They're going to insist a little bit longer before they give up on that game. Um <laughs> But anyway, and then my my final one here was that Ubisoft will have a conference mostly focused on updates on their existing and live service games, but they'll also give us an update release window for the Prince of Persia remake and a look at a new game featuring Splinter Cell Sam Fisher. I think this is just all wrong, actually. Um, The only live service they they talked about was uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Assassin's Creed as well. There was like a new expansion coming to Assassin's Creed. So like that part of it, I feel like is kind of right, but... Um, we didn't even get, I was, they didn't even talk about Prince of Persia remake at all. I don't know. Wait, did not they, at all. Yeah, did they even just barely mention it? Um, so I watched it. I don't remember them talking about it at all. But apparently there was some info that came out like after the conference about it. Okay, that makes uh, sense. But I'm not gonna count that. So um, point three. Yeah, point three. I'm I'll, I'm happy with a point three. Let's okay. go. Uh, so yeah. So for that, you got one point three three on that one. So. Uh, you blew me out the water on this one. Uh, let's see. I think altogether you did about oh, four points. Let me see here. One, yeah, I think that's about right. Three. Yeah, 4.08 points for you and 3.5 for me. So, yeah, you beat me by just over half a point. Yeah, it was, you know, it was closer than I thought it was going to be, actually, because when I when I was reading and I was kind of doing my like estimates, I was like, I'm going to I won this easy. (laughs) (laughs) 
But you know what? With the half points and taking something out here and there, that it, it came out a little bit different. So we got a little bit closer together. But it was fun. I actually, I think we did, like, we both did decently well. Even though it's, like, out of 10. But a lot of the shows that I listen to with things like this, it's like they also make, like, 10 predictions and then they get, like, one point. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um... I, I feel like the, the my strategy of, like, breaking things down actually really worked out in my advantage because I got a lot of, like, partial points. Yeah, usually I go with, like, not too many, like, partial points and stuff like that, and I usually try to be mm-hmm. right most of the times. Uh, I, I feel like this might be the first time you've ever actually beat me in a predictions game, if I'm not mistaken. Because, like, we've done many a prediction games, uh, both on, uh, on Ready, Press, Play and on, like, a real mm-hmm. game talk like back in 2015 and i've always blown you out the oh, all the way back there <laughs> I, I i already said this before in this podcast but i just want to bring it up again that i think it's so funny whenever i think about how we did that predictions game and uh my friend cj shout out to him really good friend back in 2015 uh when we did that i think it was 2015 he predicted that we were going to see elder scroll six <laughs> <laughs> and six years later we still have not yeah. Wonder. Well, yeah. I wonder why. I actually genuinely now retroactively wonder why they just so they decided to show a logo. Like they should not. They should not have done it at all. So. Yeah. <sighs> I know. Yeah. So uh, do you want to have any like final thoughts or just kind of move on? Like, what do you want to? What do you want to do? I don't think there's really much final thoughts. I mean, yeah. The we've already sort of talked about E3 last week as far as like mm-hmm. you know how we were we were excited about it. I think overall like E3 is you know, sort of brought the hype a little bit, but it's like uh, the whole relevance is now coming into question. There's, I've seen many a think pieces online that, you know, say one thing or say the other. Yeah. We sort of gave our take a little bit last week, and I don't necessarily want us to repeat ourselves, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm a little bit of two minds of it. I kind of sort of see both instances of like E3 should go mm. and E3 should stay, but. Um, I see a lot, I see a lot of E3 should go takes online and I'm kind of surprised honestly because I was like no this was cool like this was better than last year's it wasn't like the best E3 ever but it was better than last year's so to me it's like I want to see I want to see more of this I want to see get better and evolve but and the other thing too is that I feel like both I, I, I praised the Xbox earlier but Nintendo too like both of them they found a pretty good format for doing their thing you know they're pretty good at it I feel like I feel like right now they're better at it than Sony is, just in the sense that, like, I think Sony's still figuring out the state of place. You know, the thing I hate um, about state of plays is that Sony has yet to have an actual good state of play. So yeah, exactly. I just want to throw that out there. At least Nintendo has had one of those Year of Dreams level Nintendo mm-hmm. Directs, at least under their belt at some point. Um, and usually most people would agree that it was towards the beginning of the, the Nintendo Direct creation. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, well... With that being said, we'll go ahead and move on to the news. All right. So for news, we have, what is it? It looks like, what, four four headlines? That's That's got to be a new low for you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I some of those could even be extra news, actually. But we'll, we'll get into <laughs> it. We'll get into it. All right. So first up, Hideo Kojima conspiracy theory ends with tears. Oh no! Uh, Silent Hill fans are still are seeing teases of a new game everywhere. A week ago, really most... quick. Oh, what's up? I I dis- I disagree with the headline, uh, ah. but I just wanna I just want us to get into the subject because I feel like this is like one of the most interesting subjects that's happening in the game sphere right now. Okay. All right. I don't know if you want to read the article, just talk about it, or whatever. All right. Let's go with this. You're hosting. Uh, 
A week ago, most people didn't know that Abandoned was the upcoming indie horror game for the PS5, nor that it was being made by Dutch developer Blue Box Game Studios. Now both are at the heart of a gaming's latest conspiracy theory that Metal Gear designer Hideo Kojima is secretly involved and, and Abandoned is actually a new Silent Hill. There's just one small hitch. Blue Box Games keeps saying that none of it is true. By the way, I remember this being a story like a long time ago during Ready Press Plays Run. Uh, this might have been yeah. before we even went to video, by the way, or I don't know. But yeah, I think so. Uh, I remember seeing like the the image of like this creepy forest or whatever, kind of like um, what's that? What's that one? Uh, PT? Yeah, yeah, PT. Yes. Oh look, even it's in right here. Look at that. Oh my God, thank you, article. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hype train started pulling out of the station on June 15th when uh, Blue Box wrote a now deleted tweet. Uh, guess the game abandoned equals first letter. Uh, equals first letter S last letter L reveal closing in hashtag PS5 hashtag exclusive since the letters seems to be matched up with Silent Hill <laughs> started uh, getting excited about the possibility of an impending announcement while a social media uh, guessing game is unusual way to kick off the return of a big franchise in this case there was arguably some precedent for it back in 2014 a demo for a mysterious horror game called PT uh, was released on the PlayStation Network while the game appeared to be an a high-gloss project, it was made by a company nobody knew. When players completed the demo, it was revealed that PT was an elaborate announcement that Kojima and film director Guillermo del Toro were working on a Silent Hill game together. That project, along with Kojima's relationship with the Silent Hill owners Konami, ended up falling apart, but the fandom around Kojima and his fakeouts has only increased. So yeah, I guess we can stop the article there here because, you know, we saw this uh, we, I remember seeing this image and stuff like that, and it's like, I just wanted to go ahead and clarify here. So based off of this article, does this mean that Abandoned is nothing but a, a working title, and there's going to be an official announcement of a game title for this game? Yes. Yes, that starts with S and ends with L. Here's the thing. This story came back now because of that tweet, because of the tweet of the developers being like, hey, game name incoming, starts with S, ends with L. And then people are going crazy because they were the, the theories, the conspiracy theories of it being a Silent Hill game were already fueled by so many things. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole with this, Lewis, a little bit. And I recommend that you do too, because this is 100% up your alley. And I'm a believer. Like, I'm sitting right here. I know that there's a lot of judgment from either side. Like, there's people really judging the people that believe on it, being like, oh, you're like, you're just, you know, you're setting yourself up for disappointment or whatever. It's just an indie studio making an indie game. But the, the amount of coincidences is, like, it's not just one coincidence. It's like too many coincidences for it to not be some kind of long con. And if it is, it will be like the biggest, like most, like coolest long con ever pulled off in the world of gaming, I think. Because here's the thing. This game, Lewis, is being directed by a game developer that apparently nobody knows in real life that exists online whose initials are HK. Yeah. Hideo it's like Kojima. some other yeah. name. It's like yeah. Has- Hassan something else. Yeah. I can't remember like how to pronounce some Turkish name. Apparently, if you put one of the names, like either the first name or the last name, on Google Translate, it translates to Kojima <laughs> or to uh, or to Hideo, uh, Hideo actually specifically. Then um, you got the S and the L thing. There's so many number num- number stuff going on as well. Like there are numbers that can be seen in the trailer that are connected with the lore of. Uh... Sorry, there's a. Yeah, I hear the car. There's some kind of background. I heard the car or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry about that, listeners. 
but uh, there's there's numbers in the trailer that apparently connect to numbers that exist within the Silent Hill universe and stuff like that. So I am not familiar with all the lore, but the point is there's a lot of shit in here indicating that this game might in fact be e like either it's like Silent Hill or it's at least associated with Kojima, like one or the other or both. Um, it's hard to imagine how that could happen, though, after Kojima's falling off with Konami. But with Sony involved, I feel like, you know, they could maybe make it happen. You know what's kind of interesting, uh, Dan? I'm the conspiracy theory guy, and I am actually kind of lukewarm on this. I've actually oh, heard yeah? about this story before this, before taping this, and I even saw like uh, um, like something on IGN where covered this this very story, and then they were like, "You know, here's the actual guy," and like, you know, he's he's on camera, and he's like, "Guys, guys, it's not. I'm not. This is not a, a Silent Hill project." So I sort of want to believe whoever like that guy is, like that guy's name, and he's like HK. Or whatever. I think it was like IGN covered it on like a daily fix or something like that. So, um, so yeah, I just I don't buy it. Uh, I just think that it's just some indie developer making a cool ass game and just got he got sucked up in the hype somehow, some way, just by pure coincidence. Is how I'm sort of seeing it. It's but you know there is one thing that I will uh, I will like you know concede is that the uh, the idea that. Uh, the idea that there's uh, numbers associated with the uh, with the um, this thing, because one of the things that people don't know is that um, there were there was like a hidden coda, like a numbers, like this letter equals uh, this number, or like or vice versa, like this number equals this letter uh, with uh, with PT. And so, if they're doing the same thing here, then it's just like okay, that's a coincidence right there. I can't necessarily disregard that. But yeah, just throwing that out there. All right. So I, ju I just disabled my microphone for a little bit because I'm almost kind of scared about this. It literally sounds like there's somebody with a chainsaw like right next door to me somehow, like cutting <laughs> through wood or something. So I am sorry about this making it into my audio, but let's just keep going. All right. Uh, so the next story is regarding Pete Hines and Starfield, just like uh, just like uh, what we were just talked about during the uh, prediction special here. So Pete Hines on Starfield frustrations. I'm not apologizing for exclusivity, but rather expressing empathy. Interesting. Okay. Hines clarifies what exactly he's sorry for. So it's an update uh, to the article. Bethesda SVP Pete Hines clarified his recent comments, uh, comments regarding Starfield Xbox's console ex exclusivity on Twitter, emphasizing that he simply doesn't like to see fans upset. I'm not apologizing for exclusivity, Hines said in a reply to one Bethesda fan and asking why he felt the need to make any sort of apology. I don't have to do anything. Some of our fans are upset slash angry, and I'm sorry that they are. This isn't wrong or weird. It's acknowledging how they feel. That is it. Uh, that's my whole point. In an earlier tweet, Hines noted that it's okay uh, to acknowledge that and feel bad for people who are upset or angry, regardless of uh, whether you did anything wrong or not. I'm not simply expressing empathy. In his initial apologetic comments, which you can read for, uh, for yourself below, Hines maintained that a business is business tone and never implied that Bethesda or Xbox were somehow in the wrong for steering Starfield in this direction. Studio head Todd Howard also has also repeatedly stressed that focusing on PC and Xbox will ultimately lead, lead to a better product for those looking forward to the game. I think I will stop it right there. That's that was the whole update to the story, anyways. But the story itself is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, yeah. So this is an interesting little take here because I don't know. Like for me personally, like I wasn't really interested in the game to begin with, so I don't really care. 
But number two, if you were going to get this game anyways, I wouldn't want to pay $70 on PlayStation. Instead, I would just rather download it on Xbox. But I'm also one of the kind of guys mm. that owns both consoles anyways, so it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, so I don't feel strongly one way or the other. But And also, I don't really uh, symp- uh, empathize with crybabies on Twitter anyways. Dan, what's your take? I feel like the interesting question here is like, did pete hines owe anybody an apology because i thought that was kind of weird like that's kind of what uh, like the, the the story was about like him coming out and being like hey to our playstation fans i'm sorry i'm sorry that you can't play starfield on playstation and he said something akin to like it's not my decision and and then later he he, he tried to clarify it and like pr speaking and stuff but he kind of gave the impression that perhaps and this is just the perhaps Bethesda's interest was to put this game on a lot of different platforms, but that they were just told not to by Xbox, which is, uh, you know, expected and is what Sony would have done. But I just think it's it, it, like, it's kind of like an interest. It's not even like that craziest of a story, but it's an interesting story because I can't imagine, uh, you know, Neil Druckmann saying like, hey, like, I would like to apologize to Xbox fans that uh, The Last of Us will not be on Xbox. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, you know cool i i i I get where he's coming from um but yeah i don't i don't necessarily think he owed anybody an apology it's not um like like he said it's not his decision you know what i mean Hmm. i don't know i just i i I feel like the whole purpose of them like you know touting is like oh yeah they're they're now part of the xbox family but they're totally independent we're not gonna do it now that's cap Mm -hmm. all right that's it's all lies <sighs> Anyways, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if there was a situation where like Todd Howard could be like, tell, uh, tell you know Phil Spencer he can suck it. You know, we're we're going on PlayStation. You know, I don't know. Do you think that's even of course possible? Not. <laughs> no. There, he he is in some way or another. He's their boss now. You know yes. what I mean? Like you you don't you don't do that to your boss unless you're ready to quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, uh, Besides, I, I will I will say another thing here. I have a feeling that uh, as much as I just said that Bethesda wants to be on all platforms, I have a feeling that Bethesda is like, all right, about it. Because when you look at their their games have always been like Xbox first. You know, like their games have always been made for Xbox, then like ported to PlayStation. Yes. Uh, and, and for that reason, usually PlayStation kind of takes the shittier version of the games anyway. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, I guess it kind of makes sense. There is a history there. Do you think he's right, though, that it's going to lead to a better product? Because, you know, now you're only working on like basically essentially two SKUs, PC and Xbox. You know, if I say that, I'm going to be a hypocrite with things that I've said before in this podcast. So I'm going <laughs> to refrain from commenting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. right. Okay. So we'll go ahead and move on to the next story here. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is back on the PlayStation Store. CD Projekt Red is still warning of performance issues on the PS4 version. Those bastards. Okay. Uh, As promised. As promised, Sony has restored Cyberpunk 2077 on the PlayStation Store following two major patches. For now... Developer CD Projekt Red is recommending players to stick to the PlayStation 4 Pro and PS5 versions of the game, as the base PS4 still has some, quote, performance issues, close quote. It's also reiterated that the free next-gen upgrade will land in the second half of the year. So there's a tweet that says the exact same thing. Uh, The Polish studio will be hoping that the game's return to the PS storefront marks the end of a notoriously troubled chapter in its 27-year history. Cyberpunk 2077 suffered a botched launch back in December with users complaining of numerous bugs and crashes. Sony reacted by swiftly 
pulling the game from its digital store and offering customers refunds. Over the following months, CD Projekt Red has released numerous hotfixes and two large game patches, though the second was delayed after it suffered from a ransomware attack that left some employees unable to access their computers. In spite of the issues, Cyberpunk went on to become the studio's top game with over 13.7 million copies sold by the end of 2020. So yeah, um, go ahead, take it over, Dan. Well, the game's back, right? Like, we kept wondering, like, oh, is that still out? Like, you can, can you still not buy that game on the PlayStation Store? But, you know, I guess more than six months later, um, it's finally back on. Uh, I'm assuming, from my understanding, they did some fixes to it, but I believe the base PS4 version of the game is still pretty close to not being playable or in a good state, right? Uh, which is why they're maintaining that warning. I, I just kind of wonder, I think it's interesting that... Um, there's no way to kind of limit the purchase of the game to PS4 Pro. Like, and I I, I think Sony should have thought about this when they released the PS4 Pro as in giving games the ability to release for only one SKU of the console. You know what I mean? A new 3DS exclusive, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because then this game, even if this was the only one that used it, you know what I mean? It, it feels like a good enough... Um, reason to have that and it it surprises me that that sony never really had that and now they're they're almost being required to have this game be available to all ps4 owners even though the people that play it on the base ps4 will probably still get a subpar experience but at the end of the day i'm surprised that this is uh wasn't pulled from like the xbox one store like i'm surprised that they didn't do a situation where it's like this game can't run on a vcr xbox so we're not going to let you play it there or something like that or we recommend that you don't play it there you know that kind of stuff i have Uh, a theory of why they didn't by the way oh yeah what's that because during the time frame that cyberpunk was out of the playstation store cyberpunk was an xbox exclusive you know So they, I might, I mean it though. Like I think Microsoft benefited from the fact that they had the game and PlayStation didn't. I don't know if they you know, benefited. Like <laughs> the person who end user bought it just is gonna like, you know, get a terrible experience if you're playing on the Xbox One S or Xbox One. Um, yeah. But 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 they they would have gotten the thirty percent off of that terrible experience as opposed to so yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I'm trying to get at. Like like if anybody had the option, you know, like maybe they had a PS4 and an Xbox One, or maybe like a an Xbox One S or X, and then like a PS4. Like that for those people, they bought it on the Xbox. You know what I yeah, mean? So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, shout out to all the people that bought the Xbox One X Cyberpunk limited edition console <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh so funny anyways uh yeah i just it's just basically an admission that the ps4 the the original base ps4 is trash which is really a terrible thing to say you know uh especially when <clears throat> we have like ghost of tsushima running on the base ps4 but whatever anyways uh moving on pax west aka i'm still i still like to call it pax prime because it's always going to be pax prime in my heart Uh, PAX West 2021 is confirmed to be an in-person event with safety precautions detailed. With vaccinations continuing to roll out, PAX West 2021 will be amongst uh, among the gaming events returning to offer in-person community celebrations. Not only will the event be returning in a more familiar form outside of a digital alternative, but uh, Reed Pop has also uh, detailed safety precautions that are being implemented for those planning on uh, on attending. PAX West 2021 will be returning to the Washington State Convention Center in Seattle, Washington from Friday, September 3rd through Monday, September, t- uh, September 6th. 
Badges for the upcoming convention will be going on sale in the next two weeks with options to get PAX Online 2021 access as well. PAX Online will be taking place on Thursday, July 15th through Sunday, July 18th. Leading up to PAX West, Repop has canceled six consecutive in-person events. Now that we are dipping our toes back into any sort of normalcy, Repop wants to ensure gamers that it's also taking safety precautions seriously. This means both health patterns will be uh, tracked this means health patterns will be tracked and a reduced event capacity number has been implemented. More detailed precautions are coming at a later date. Quote, it has been almost two years since the last PAX West, and it's been a surreal, uh, it's been surreal to imagine its triumphant return, said uh, Jerry Holkins, co-founder of Penny Arcade and PAX. I can't think of a better excuse to leave the house than PAX West. For those excited for a little bit uh, more of a competitive experience, PAX Arena is partnering with Metro Esports for a special Valorant Amateur Open Tournament. Okay. So I'm going to skip on to the part where it says, for those interested in taking part in PAX West this year, four-day badges for the general public will run $230, with individual day options running at $60 a pop. For media and content creator applications, those are now available at PAX Online. Uh, for PAX Online East until June 30th with PAX West applications following short after. So now that I'm with Level 1 Gaming, by the way, uh, Level 1 Gaming actually has like media badges to these kind of events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They've been to a, a PAX South as media before. Uh, so I can't wait to finally go to my first convention as media. It's going to be so <laughs> awesome. Uh, and cool, uh, cool. I'm not sure, though, if I'm going to be going to like PAX West or whatever. Like, even though I'm vaccinated, like I'm not necessarily in the mood to be going to conventions, even in non-pandemic yeah. times. Convention, people get sick at conventions, like they catch a, like a fever, you know, or a cold. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, you know, something that I've been thinking about in regards to that is like we've been kind of sheltered for a while. I wonder if we're now more likely to catch something like like a like a convention flu or something you know what i mean yeah because we have not been you know building immunity as much throughout our lives i don't know if that makes any sense because i'm not a doctor but um i do wonder if there's gonna be a thing there where like like suddenly things are back to normal and then people get the flu like there there's a new wave of like everybody getting the flu or something um but yeah this is like the first gaming convention i think coming back in person it's happening this year it's happening in i think it was september right and yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'm going to go to it either, but just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it just seems very, um, how do I put this? It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it's a time yet. Um, it's also mm -hmm. kind of interesting that I think PAX East was the last in-person convention in February of last year before, like, all conventions got canceled, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of funny that they were, like, the last to go, and now they're, pro they're probably going to be the first to go, assuming that, like, well, actually, no, Comic-Con has already been announced as Comic-Con at home this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, at least until Comic-Con, like, in October, I guess. So, yeah, they'll be the first to go. So, hopefully, they'll they'll kind of sort of test the viability of conventions and whether or not they're they're worth, you know, doing. And <clears throat> maybe we can hear stories about whether or not people do or don't get sick and stuff like that. And they can say, you know, hey, it's, you know, we're back, you know, and it's safe yeah. to do so. Um but yeah, I'm also I'm also kind of like cons uh, like concerned as well, like in the sense that like you know I want to go to an in-person Smash tournament like Super Smash Con, you know, in August, presumably if there's gonna be a Smash Con. So who knows? Um, we'll go ahead and move on to the extra news, and uh, we'll go and actually we have two weeks worth of extra news since we scrapped last week's extra news. So we'll go ahead and start off with number one. Uh, says here. 
Turtle Rock confirmed that Back for Blood 4 is an always online game and does not support offline play, even for players playing solo. What the fuck? Those bastards. How dare they? To be honest, I never play Left 4 Dead without being online, I guess. <laughs> or like in a, like even when I'm playing, like if I play just with bots, I would be like in my computer on the internet. So I don't think it's really going to be an issue, but yeah. I, I mean, like I play Left 4 Dead like split screen. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's so terrible. Good point. Um, yeah. Games number two, GameStop has managed to cash in on its recently skyrocketed meme stock, pulling in $1.1 billion. There you go. So this, in case you don't know this, this is a, this is a, a Austin Powers reference, which I know you haven't seen Uh, Austin Powers. Yes. So there you go. If you want to know more about that, watch Ready Play Movies. (laughs) (laughs) Good plug. Uh, yes. Number three. Epic Data, a website that tracks uh, database uh, updates for the Epic Game Store, has revealed the existence of an Alan Wake remaster. Okay, dope, 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 dope. Number four, a new Fallout 4 DLC mod, sorry, a new Fallout 4 DLC-sized mod called Fallout London has been announced, bringing the series to a location outside of the United States. Number five, Death Stranding's director's cut confirmed as PS5 exclusive, with new stealth mechanics added. That was an E3 announcement. No, that was not an E3. That, that was a summer of gaming uh, announcement with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jeff Keeley at his thing, right? They showed a trailer for it, but they didn't confirm what it was or whether it was like a PS5 exclusive or what. Like that information came later, ah. which is why I added it in here. But yeah. Okay. Number six, Bitcoin crackdown sends graphics card prices plummeting in China after Sichuan terminated mining operations. Cool. Number seven, Call of Duty Warzone Season 4 has a bug door that instantly kills players. What the? F- okay. <laughs> Number eight, Paris-based Cyber Group Studios has inked a deal with Square Enix to adapt Final Fantasy IX as an animated series for 8 to 13-year-olds. Okay. Number nine, the Sega-published anime game Demon Slayer Kamitsu Noyaba, the uh, Hinokami Chronicles, is coming to North America and Europe this October. There you go. Good look. Good job on me for those Japanese pronouncing ass stuff right there. Yeah, so. good job. Proud of you, Louis. <laughs> Number 10, presenting Windows 11 as the best Windows ever for gaming. Xbox corporate vice president Sarah Bond appeared on Microsoft's live, stri- live stream to announce that Xbox Game Pass will be built right into Windows 11. I've seen a, a, a headline that says that Windows 11 might be able to run Android apps. So, Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, interesting. And last week's extra news that we uh, skipped out on. Number one, Rockstar announced that a GTA Online for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 will shut down on December 16th, 2021. Those bastards. But really, who I mean, who's, who's surprised, though? Number two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Elden Ring director Miyazaki told Fam- uh, Famitsu that the game will be easier, more friendly to newcomers, but still uh, with no difficulty options. Okay. Number three, the Xbox mini fridge confirmed for holiday 2021 release. Number four, Resident Evil's live action Netflix series cast Lance Reddick as Wesker. And number five, Netflix uh, Cuphead show cast Wayne Brady as King Dice. That's an interesting uh, stuff right there. So Dan, we have a shit ton of extra news to react to. What do you want to talk about? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you know what I want to react to? The fact that we are live on Twitch right now. While recording this podcast. Holy shit. <laughs> How the hell did that happen? Did I actually click? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I, I, clipped, I, yeah. clicked, uh, I clicked stream 13 minutes ago somehow, some ways. 
I'm gonna hit that. I'm gonna hit that stop stream button right there. Bye. Okay, li- you can keep us. Li- I don't care. <laughs> Bye, live audience. If there's anybody watching. Yeah, um, I don't have any I notifications just... that that indicates any viewers. So you know what? I'm gonna just stop yeah. streaming. See, it's a live viewers. <laughs> you guys get a little sneak peek of uh, of uh, Ready Press Play this week. There we go. I will just throw out there that I was very surprised that there's a new Fallout 4 DLC coming out. That game is six years old now. I didn't think there was any support for it anymore. I thought the focus right now from Bethesda was in Fallout 76 and in, you know, Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 eventually, maybe. Um, I did not expect them to put together some DLC for that game. Um, but that was the thing. That was the thing. And it was also announced not during E3, but like the week after. So. Okay. Yeah, I guess there's really nothing to react to here on this X News. I just went back and re-read all the headlines and stuff like that. The only thing I want to just say is that the Xbox Mini fridge looks cool as fuck. That's I liked it. Yes, it looks so awesome. Uh, it just it, it, uh, the way they had it like framed in the shot when it's kind of sort of like zoomed out kind of thing. It almost kind of looks like a real Xbox, just like proportional and everything. And then they're like, oh, and it opens, and then you can put your sodas in there. It looks like it looks like one of those mini fridges only good for sodas for soda cans, which I was kind of yeah. hoping that it would be more practical because mm-hmm. you know whatever. But maybe now you can put your Mountain Dews in there. <laughs> I would love to get it if I didn't already have a mini fridge. Yeah, so. I already have. Well, I, could... uh, I already have a mini fridge as well, so. Yeah. I guess I could sell mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, before. Actually, no, before we move on, I just want to say I don't know what happened 18 minutes ago, but we we only streamed for 18 minutes, so we weren't streaming the whole time. So. Oh, okay. Just right. throwing that out there. All right. Let's go ahead and move on. Take this out. Yes. So for check this out this week, we're actually just going to show you real quick some uh, Mario and Luigi Lego supports co-op now. So there we go. Did you see this? Yeah, There's... I saw I saw the, the the Lego Luigi, but I didn't know about the co-op thing. So what does this mean? So they made a there's a video. Um, I actually don't know if the yeah the video is up there. So like you can just play the video for like thirty seconds. But this looks really uh like interesting. It is it's almost like you can play like. That's what I was kind of surprised about and why I thought it was interesting. It's like you can play Super Mario Brothers by playing with the Lego set and, like, interacting with the things and, like, make levels and stuff. And I'm not sure if I fully understood it by the video, but it seems like there's some, like, interesting technology in there. Um, so just kind of wanted to give it a shout out. You know, we I remember we talked about this when it was first shown, like, a long time ago. They're still adding more stuff to it and functionality and etc. So it might be something for people to look into if you have kids or you're just, like, a collector that likes this kind of stuff. This is the most extra trailer I've ever seen in like ever. I know. Oh, <laughs> you right. get professional kid dancers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Doing uh. choreographed ass dances and stuff. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't really have so much to say, but it looks cool though. Um, yeah. All right, we'll go ahead and just move on. All right, Dan, it's time for you to take over the show. So here we go. What are you buying? All right, so uh, for new releases, we got Mario Golf Super Rush coming out on June 25th, so the day this episode drops. Hit the green with up to four players locally or online and go for familiar Mushroom Kingdom characters. Modes range from Standard Golf to the Energetic Speed Golf and an RPG-like golf adventure in Story Mode. Intuitive motion or button controls, a shot gauge that adapts to the curve of the course, and other new features make it easy for both new players and seasoned pros to drive and and put with power. Enroll your me character in golf training in a prestigious country club and go from rookie to pro. You face off against your Mushroom Kingdom classmates and earn experience points. Level up to improve your character's stats like power, movement, and spin. You can bring your character and the customized stats into other modes too. 
Then, in the same day, June 25th, we got Scarlet Nexus coming out on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I wanted to shout out this game because I saw some presence of this at E3. They spent some time on it on the extended showcase for Xbox. Seems interesting. Take on the role of Yuito Sumeragi, a new recruit to the OSF aiming to become an elite psionic like the one who saved him as a child. Armed with a talent in psychokinesis, explore futuristic new Himika and uncover the mysteries of a brain punk future caught between technology and psychic abilities in Scarlet Nexus. Using psychokinetic abilities, the world around you becomes your greatest weapon. Lift, break, and throw pieces off your environment to build your attack combos. Form bonds with your team members to access their powers and enhance your attacks for, for extreme damage and efficiency. And then aside from that, we got a lot of games coming on new platforms. So, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 is coming to the Switch on June 25th. Uh, Destroy All Humans is coming to the Switch on June 29th. Uh, this Guy is 6, Defiance of Destiny is coming to the Switch on June uh, 29th. Sky Children of the Light coming to the Switch as well on June 29th. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on June 30th. Then one is like a, what are they called, like a visual novel that was very popular on Steam and I heard really good things about. Apparently it's one of those games that you download thinking it's going to be one thing and then it turns out to be something else. There's some plot twists in there. Uh-huh. Seems cool. I've seen a lot um, of game theory on it, and yes, it gets crazy. It's very meta. Now, I believe those two are new games. Carved Space coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC on June 29th. And then Spirit of the North coming to Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One on June 29th. I bet Lewis is very happy with me for not following the order, just going around. I know. I was like, about whatever I, I, was, about. I don't know if he saw money on my screen, but I'm literally like shuffling around, and I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you uh, want to talk about the crossplay or no? Oh yeah, let's say that crossplay is now live in Overwatch, and there's also a new event called the Ash event. I don't play a lot of Overwatch, so I don't really know much about this, but you might want to go check that out. Okay. Um, Lewis, pick of the week. I'm guessing you're you're gonna give it to Mario Golf. Yeah, but I am gonna give it to Mario Golf. But I also saw some reviews that just sort of yeah, put the game at a little over mediocre. So, uh, whatever. Yeah, I saw that too. All right. Go ahead and move on. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. So we got a few things for our Broke Gamers Guide here this week. Uh, We're going to start with the free games at the Epic Games Store like we always do. And the free games this week are Hyperscape from Ubisoft Montreal. Oh, wait. I am sorry. Yeah, Hyperscape (laughs) is just a free-to-play game. There we go. For some reason, whenever I open this website, it takes like forever to load. And sometimes it loads like it, it's almost like it loads from like the bottom to the top. Hmm. Um, so that was in this page as well. But let's go. Horizon Chase Turbo and Sonic Mania are free right now. And the Spectrum Retreat is expected to be free next week. Uh, so I know for sure we were given this Horizon Chase Turbo game for free in some other platform before, Lewis. I, I said last week that I thought it was PlayStation Plus. I'm not sure. Maybe it was Xbox, but... I've seen this game be given away free before. Um, it's like a racing game, kind of cartoony, cel-shaded looking. Um, and then we know Sonic Mania, um, the ultimate celebration of past and future, an all-new adventure full of unique bosses, rolling 2D landscapes, and fun classic gameplay. Sonic Mania brings retro, fast-paced platforming to the future through pixel-perfect 2D graphics running at 60 FPS. That was apparently a really good game. I heard really good things about it. Um, I don't remember. I don't. I don't think I ever tried it. Hmm. I tried it. I liked it. It's really good. It's awesome. Cool. I have it on the Switch. And also, I got it free on PlayStation Plus later on. Mm -hmm. 
So I probably own. I think I own it on PS Plus. Yeah, on PlayStation. Um, <laughs> we got some new some new games coming to Xbox Game Pass as well. Um, there's always new stuff coming out every week. Uh, this week we got Warm's Rumble coming to cloud console and PC today. Uh, Iron Harvest coming to PC on June 24th. So already out by the time you're listening to this. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered coming to console and PC, also already out. Proteus coming to PC, also already out. Then on July 1st, we're going to get Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, Gang Beasts, Immortal Realms, Vampire Wars, and then Limbo. And I'm pretty sure, it looks like all of those are coming to cloud, console, and PC. Um, So I just wanted to say that uh, my friend recommended a long time ago that I should buy Gang Beasts. I'm glad I never bought it because now I can just download it. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Uh, and then we got, you know, plenty of games leaving um, Xbox Game Pass, like is always the case. But this this one kind of hurts a little bit. This one has some big guns here. On June 30th, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is leaving Game Pass. Monster Hunter World is leaving Game Pass. Outer Wilds is leaving Game Pass. Soul Calibur 6 and The Messenger are leaving Game Pass. Wow. So Outer Wilds I feel is like crazy. All of those like that I mentioned are kind of like big. So yeah, like Outer um, Wilds is like that's like the, they they were talking about Outer Wilds too for Game Pass. You know, on uh, day, like, nope, 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 nope. No? You're mixing them up. There's Outer Wilds and there's Outer Worlds. Oh god damn it! Uh, yes, <laughs> is Outer so Wilds the Outer... one with the spider where it's like uh, you're the spider? There's like an arachnophobia mode, or am I thinking of nope. something else? That's uh. grounded. Ah, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> Outer Wilds is an Annapurna interactive game about exploring space. Ah. It's and it, and it was like it was talked about in high regard in 2019 alongside The Outer Worlds, which is an obsidian third-person RPG. Also, so, don't put Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite in that same category by the way. That game was trash. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just I I didn't know that specific game. I just know it's Marvel vs. Capcom, so I thought it was something that you would probably be excited about. Um <laughs> all right. Final two shout-outs here as far as sales go. We got we got some sale going on at Walmart, so lots of physical games are on sale there. Uh, we got some of their um, our arcade cabinets are on sale as well. Uh, you can get those for 400 bucks. Uh, I'm not sure how, how much they usually go for. Uh, but a lot of games that are typically $60 are now $40, including the Switch exclusives, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion 3, Super Mario Odyssey, Fire Emblem Three Houses, and then also some PS5 games uh Sackboy is 40 bucks normally retails for 60 demon souls is 50 uh down from 70 dollars uh ghost of tsushima on the ps4 is 40 bucks etc so if you're looking for some physical games plenty of options there and this walmart sale i think i might buy Sackboy simply because i, I was on my to-do list mm-hmm. and the final thing here is that the summer sale has been kicked off on steam uh, i'm just going to go through the headliners here that they have on their main page Battlefield 5 is currently $12.49, Valheim is $17.99, and Halo the Master Chief Collection is $19.99, but they got plenty of other games. I see MK11 also on sale, Sekiro on sale, uh, Persona 5 Strikers on sale, so if you're a PC gamer, good time to go on the Steam store and buy a bunch of games that you're never going to play. Hey, look at that, Scarlet Nexus is right, wait, what? Scarlet Nexus is, is not a sale, but whatever, uh, whatever. That's oh, this is just top sellers. Okay, <laughs> I was just looking at the top seller category, but yeah, okay, interesting. All right, and I guess. Uh, I guess on that's that it. note, Louis, I give the show back to you to uh, to take us home because because I got to be out. All right, here we go. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. 
Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88 and Dan. At the Dan Lima. So don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. Peace. Bye-bye.